This edition of the Rochester Rundown is brought to you by Ultra Federal Credit Union, a member-owned financial institution with two convenient branches right here in Rochester. Ultra is proud to support local independent journalism on MedCityBeat. Today on the show, we're breaking down the future of Rochester's park system and what improvements could be on the way in the near future. Park board officials will recommend to the city council a plan to fast track $15 million in funding to key improvement projects over the next year. And while the department has identified some projects they would like to tackle first, they won't start the work before hearing the opinions of the community. There's a survey out right now, but it won't close until August 20th and the results won't be public until even later. So we'll hear from a handful of random Rochester residents who gave their own thoughts on what Parks and Rec should prioritize. Sound bites from Thursday's downtown, plus insight from director Paul Whitman, coming up in a second. Plus, as always, the news of the week and some events to go to this weekend, including the final down by the riverside of the year and an anniversary bash you won't want to miss tomorrow. I'm Isaac Janes. It's Friday, the 13th of August, 2021. And let's get to the news. Today's story is a year in the making. Well, almost. Everything stems from Election Day 2020, when Rochester voters passed a referendum to give the Parks Department an extra $2 million in funding for the next two decades. At the latest Park Board meeting, members agreed to give the go-ahead to a plan which calls for borrowing $15 million in the form of tax abatement bonds and pay it back with half of the annual referendum money over the next 15 years. But what does that mean in practice? Parks and Rec Director Paul Widman said it means long-awaited improvement projects can start faster since the referendum funds will only come $2 million at a time each year. If the city council approves this plan, it will create one pool of money instead of a steady stream, which he says would be a better way to attack the project the city has wanted to attack for years now. The $2 million we're getting from the referendum, that is, you know, when you, when you start applying that to $90 million worth of known uh, needs that we have, and that's actually based on 2015 dollars. So you know, add inflation and construction cost increases to that, it grows pretty fast. Yeah. So it's it's really you know what projects do we want to see coming out of the gate, and um, and what are our highest priorities? But before any of those projects get started, Whitman and company want to first hear the community's priorities. Some select people may have seen a physical survey pop in their mailbox at some point this year, and this week the survey was made available to the public online. Past the standard demographic-related questions, it asks how much you use the park system, what specific amenities are most valuable to you, and what you'd like to see Parks and Rec spend money on in the future. Whitman says the final results of that survey won't be known for a few weeks, maybe even a month or so. So... I went downtown to ask people their thoughts on the spot at Thursday's downtown. I heard from seven people in all, ranging from elementary schoolers to near retirees. Their priorities, of course, differed depending on their age and their personal interests, but past those opinions, it felt like a snapshot into a handful of different lives. I first talked to Amir, a 2021 JM graduate who was working with Northern Sun to run the First Avenue stage. He says he's used the trail system to work out and go on runs sometimes, but he likes it the way it is, doesn't see a need for expansion. The top item on his wish list is more places to play pickup sports like basketball. If you live near a public court or play regularly, you've probably seen this story play out firsthand. Especially during the summer when COVID kind of like started going down a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, me and my friends were looking for basketball courts, and every time we go to one, it's like 20 people playing. It's, it's super crowded. Yeah. If there was more basketball courts, it would be a lot better, to be honest. Yeah. 
The trail system also came up in my next discussion, but in a much different context. Kathy Ruggeberg lives just off Marion Road, mere feet outside Rochester city limits. Her kids are mostly grown and moved away, but when they were still going to school, the family loved to link up with the city's trail system and go biking. But she laments that they didn't get to do it more, because any trip to the trails meant packing up a trailer or biking along the high-speed Marion Road for about two miles. There's hundreds of families that dealt with the same problem around her, and lots more that live in other enclaves of the city that don't have direct access to the vast trail network. So Kathy's top priority is making it easier for people on the fringes of the city, in her neck of the woods, those that are north and east of Pinewood Elementary, to get connected to those trails. Okay. So, there's, so there's still a ton of st city yeah. beyond that point yeah. that, um, you know, isn't able to access any of that stuff. Kathy was at Thursdays with her friend Joe. The pair met while working in the same pharmacy decades ago and have stayed close since. Joe travels to Rochester pretty regularly to take care of her mother, who has Alzheimer's and needs a wheelchair to get around. So for Joe, her top priority would be to make all Rochester Parks ADA compliant, and then some. And, you know, you know with the clinic that's here, and if that's somebody that wants to get out into a park system, you know, instead of being in the building all the time, getting out into the fresh air, being able to park in a handicapped spot, can you push them across the grass? Is there a sidewalk there? You know, what is the limit to how you can get them to an area to sit in the shade? Over by the new benches outside Peace Plaza, I ran into an extended family enjoying what was a fantastic Thursday. I talked with a mom named Vicky who was there with a host of relatives, including her nine-year-old nephew, Ethan, and 11-year-old son, Evan. Vicky says she loves to bring the kids to Ridgeview and Cimarron Parks on the north side of town, but those excursions are sometimes cut short by a lack of infrastructure, more specifically, a lack of restrooms. Because if you're in the park with kids, they always need to use the bathroom, and that seems to be put you in a predicament yeah. where you have to leave the park or make them go to the bathroom in a wooded area, or some parks don't even have anywhere that they can try to go to the bathroom at. Of course, the opinions of a handful of people don't constitute the thoughts of a whole city, but I did find it interesting that every person I talked to prioritized something a little bit different. As far as Amir and Vicky's wishes go, they might be happy sooner than later. Some of the park board's first priorities include overhauling certain basketball courts around town, plus improving bathrooms and pavilions at MLK Park and elsewhere. But as Widman says, the opinions of the people are paramount. The final results of the survey might affect some of the bigger projects from their timeline to their execution. One such project, which wasn't mentioned during my conversations at Thursdays, was the future of the pools. Right now, the park's master plan calls for Soldier's Field to be expanded and upgraded while Silver Lake would turn into a splash pad. Nearly $11 million of the $15 million proposal would go towards those two projects. Even though Silver Lake Pool ended up reopening this summer, Widman has maintained that those days are likely numbered, but not necessarily if the public's response says they want something different than what the master plan entails. That goes for the pool project and any project on the park board shortlist. Did we get it right in 2016, and is that still valid? Is that planning still valid? Is that still what the community wants to see uh, in the park system? And if not, there's a lot of questions that will allow us to uh, make some adjust uh, adjustments. But all this talk about the future, perhaps, might miss the people that stand to be affected the most by these decisions. The kids of Rochester, who love their neighborhood parks. I talked to two of them, Ethan and Evan, and they didn't mention anything about pools, infrastructure, or anything like that. 
They like playing football and soccer, but when the two of them get together, they really just like to play catch and run around. They're not necessarily going to respond to an eight-question survey, but by the time Evan turns 18, the $15 million on the table right now will likely already be spent. And all he wants right now is a little more space than his backyard. We put like more area for people to like run around and like play with like play catch sure. and like kick the ball around and play like football, soccer and stuff like that. The Med City Beats Rochester Rundown is sponsored by Altra Federal Credit Union. Whether you are in the market for a home mortgage, car loan, or are simply looking for a trusted brand to manage your money, Altra is here to help. Unlike large, privately owned banks, Altra is a credit union owned by its members, allowing it to reinvest profits in its stakeholders, employees, and the communities in which it operates. Among its key priorities, promoting financial literacy to local youth through the Altra Foundation. To learn more about how Altra can help you live your best life, visit altra.org. Now we'll look at the top stories on our site, medcitybeat.com. Century High School ethnic studies teacher Natalia Benjamin was named Minnesota Teacher of the Year Wednesday evening, becoming the first Rochester educator to earn that honor. She was among nine finalists celebrated during an outdoor ceremony in St. Paul. Benjamin becomes the 57th recipient of the award and the first with a Latin American background. Rochester Mayor Kim Norton has been appointed to a new state task force on shelter and homelessness. The task force is part of the 2021 Housing Omnibus Bill passed into law during the most recent legislative session and will be tasked with providing recommendations to the state legislature on improving the shelter system in Minnesota. The task force first meeting is coming up on Monday. And finally, Olmstead County's COVID-19 numbers continue to trend in the wrong direction as the county reports its highest case rates in months. According to the CDC, Olmstead County has recorded 187 new cases of COVID over the past seven days. That's the equivalent of 118 cases per 100,000, classifying the county as an area with, quote, high community transmission. However, any fourth wave will likely be less severe than previous upticks. That's thanks to 73% of eligible residents being fully vaccinated. All these stories and more, including the story of a grandmother-grandchild duo teaming up to write a graphic novel about coping with anxiety, are online now at medcitybeat.com. And now here's some shows and events we're excited for this weekend, and this weekend is a big one. The 29th edition of the Down by the Riverside Concert Series wraps up on Sunday with classic rock band 38 Special headlining the final of six shows at Mayo Park. Music starts at 7 with Fred the Bear serving as local support, and as always, the show is free. Clear your calendar on Saturday if you're a fan of beer. It's an all-day birthday bash at Thesis Beer Project celebrating their second anniversary. It's programming all over the place. Yoga starts at 11 a.m. There's arts and crafts for the little ones from 1 to 4. And music from Miriam Helene, Amateur, and Hair of the Dog running 5 to 11 at night. Three different food trucks will stop by throughout the afternoon. And of course, there's going to be four new drink tappings and three new adult slushies. Other shows around town this week, check out Clay Fulton Saturday Night at Taco Jed and traveling theater troupe Mixed Precipitation presenting a musical adaptation of the Odyssey out of a pickup truck. Yeah, for real. This Saturday at 2 o'clock at Mayo Park. All these events are free to attend, but some do encourage donations. Check their websites for more information, plus any potential COVID-related restrictions. 
And that's where we're going to leave it this week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, the best way to support us is to become a member. Be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeat.com slash membership. I'm Isaac James with MedCityBeats. Have a great weekend, everyone, and I'll be talking with you again next Friday.